The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, the Josh Primo saga in San Antonio gets, gets a little more meaty. And I am now, this episode, turning into Private Dick Crick to get to the bottom of it. The Timberwolves have a huge problem. And finally, people are starting to realize it. And now there is more developing situations on the Kyrie anti-Semitism situation. That is a sentence I never thought I would say until this week. Plus some news from around the league and a very short interview with Travis Thomas, our guy who is now at Nesson, about the potential Ime Udoka hire in Brooklyn? Yeah, so much poppin', Nick. Drop that fucking beat. So today, it comes out. I got people in my inbox, hey, Tristan, you see this, you see that, ESPN story, this, that, 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 that. Why do they think I want, why do they think I want these un, <laughs> unsolicited links? What? Don't we, don't we know I have to, they have to ask for my consent to send me things about, even just the news about a dick pic I want to consent to. So we got a little more details on the Josh Primo cacophony. Get it? Cacophony. I have to say... There's been so much synonyms searching today. Anyway, it's something. It is something. If you haven't heard this news, I don't even know how to talk about it, but it's pretty much the biggest news in the NBA right now, so you know I'm going to try. Here are the facts. So as you know, Josh Primo, uh, we talked about this on the last pod, has been released from the San Antonio Spurs for potentially, uh, allegedly exposing himself. To who? Now we know who. Here are the facts. Dr. Hillary Cawthon was the Spurs sports psychologist, right? She was treating Josh Primo in a medical capacity in December 2021 when she alleged that he exposed himself 
according to her lawsuit. She reported it to the Spurs management in January 2022. Now, listen, I'm not a calendar expert, and we don't know the exact timing of the situation or the incident. The therapy session could have occurred on December 30th. She could have reported it to the Spurs January 2nd. So it could be a few days between December and January. But I don't know if that's what the statement really implies, right? Anyway, then according to Dr. Cawthon, here's where it gets interesting. Primo exposed himself to her during therapy sessions no less than nine times over the following months. Can we just say that one more time just to get it together and to get it straight? She's alleging that Primo exposed himself to her during therapy sessions no less than nine times. Not ten. Not just a clean number. No less than nine. So she has documented nine and there may be more. During a period of months. Pause. There's a lot. There's a lot there, isn't there? There's a lot. First of all, let me just unequivocally make this known because I'm making light of this, so I want it to be known. As a female on the internet that lives my life on the internet, make, gets paid from stuff on the internet, I am 100% opposed to unexpected, unprovoked dick in any capacity. In any capacity, photos, in real life, IRL, you know, IRL dick, photo dick, all of it. If I didn't ask for said, in, yeah, it, even if we're being intimate, if I, maybe I don't want to see it tonight, you know? Like, so pretty much all women have to deal with this. And to that end, I will say that is bad. It's really bad. There's a reason why it's jail for exposing yourself. And I believe that Dr. Cawthon did not want to see Josh Primo's dick. I, I believe that, and I think that's horrible. And I do believe that she probably went to the Spurs management and said, hey, um, do you think maybe Josh could uh, come to the sessions with sweatpants on versus shorts? Uh... And it leads me to the following point. First of all, there's only a few ways that exposing yourself happens, right? Pants on are not one of them, unless you're unzipping and letting things fly. But how many dick exposures does it take for you to say something? Think about that. Think about that. To me, there's only really one right answer, and it's two. Too. The first time it could be an accident. Unless someone's like, what do you think about this? You know? <laughs> but if if it's not that, because that's one. That the answer to that is one. Hey, no, nobody wants that. But if it's like on the sly, if it's dick on the sly, it's two. Cause if cause if you see someone's penis through their underneath their shorts or whatever popping out, could be an accident. Could be like turtle, turtle. Could be an accident, right? Second time, it's a pattern, right? Second time, we got problems. You need to say, listen, this dick is uninvited to the party. You know what I mean? This dick's not a part of our sessions. You know what I mean? You needed to put him away. Nine times at least, 
You saw Josh Primo's dick at least nine times? And you're a therapist. You're a medical professional. It all just is getting a little weird to me. No, nobody should have that. Again, unequivocally, you know, we are anti that. Nobody should have to be reminded that they need to, listen, put your dick away. But maybe, you know, boys are told this by the time they, they can walk, right? Three years old, four years old, they take off their pants, they take off their diaper, they're running around, they're waving it around, and then the parents grab them aside, they say, no, 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 you can't do that anymore. No dick out on the streets. But Primo obviously didn't get the message now. She didn't tell him, didn't say anything to him. That's what his lawyers are alleging. She has not said that she ever told him. But Primo is also accused of exposing himself in Las Vegas at Summer League as well. Also on the road this year in Minnesota at the hotel. Primo's team says it's all an accident. This is where, again, we're starting to get into strange territory. That it was strictly, this is the quote, folks. Quote, not for me. This is the quote. Strictly a wardrobe malfunction resulting from, this is what I thought it could be too, this is where my mind went, resulting from laying down on a couch in basketball shorts, obviously with no underwear, period. That is their quote, wardrobe malfunction, taken strictly out of the Janet Jackson Super Bowl handbook. I don't know that that holds water in a court of law. You know what I mean? The bottom line, though, is this. He is now stating he's in therapy for her. He is now stating, Josh Primo is now stating, I almost didn't talk about this, but it's so ludicrous. Josh Primo said, I am now seeking treatment for this trauma. Imagine his new therapist when she finds out what he's seeking trauma for and why he was removed from the team. I have questions. Were there any therapy sessions where he didn't expose his dick? Or were they all of them? Right? What percentage of dick out versus dick in are we talking about? Was it one Was it one out of every 10? You're like, oh, yeah, once, once out of every 10. We've had 90 sessions. I've only seen his dick nine times. <laughs> was this a case of... This is important. This is very important to ask. Is this a case of sleeping dog or barking dog? You know what I mean? Sleeping or barking? Was the mailman at the door or was dog back in the closet sleeping in its house? We can't have angry worm situations here because that's now a whole other thing. Is this a case of Josh Primo just not liking to wear draws? He's, is this a case, honestly, is this a case where the San Antonio Spurs didn't provide him with the proper equipment? Not shorts the right size, shirts the right size? I don't know. Maybe he's a free baller at heart. Who knows? Listen, we're not hearing anything about balls either. Nothing around balls. I'm not talking Lonzo and LaMelo and, and LiAngelo either. I'm talking about was, what is this situation? Who knows? Again, not here to diminish. There are serious accusations of misconduct. But you have to admit when you dig into the details, 
it's ludicrous. All of it. I don't want to be a prick here, but it feels like, based on some of the story, someone's getting the shaft. You know what I mean? Of course, <laughs> we'll be updating this when we <laughs> learn more. But I'll end with this. If you're a paid psychologist for an NBA team and you can't tell a 19-year-old to put his dick away, you're kind of a weenie. That's it. That's all I'll say. We dropped the special breaking news episode yesterday, and now we're just waiting, right? We're waiting for Ime Udoka to be hired as the new coach of the Brooklyn Nets. And we'll do another emergency podcast that for that as well. And still, when you fired a Hall of Fame, two-time MVP, point guard head coach to hire, I don't know, a guy who's been suspended for an entire year for the reigning Eastern Conference champions by having an inappropriate consensual relationship with a team employee, why is it that everyone can only talk about Kyrie Irving? They won't stop talking about Kyrie Irving. Here is the latest. As we said before, Kyrie promoted a a movie. Uh, We'll call it an anti-Semitic propaganda film because documentary is probably a little too a little too much credit for the film. He and the Nets, though, and the Anti-Defamation League have released a joint statement pledging 500000 each to combat anti-Semitism. Where do you think that money goes? Like, what, what, where does the money go to fight anti-Semitism? I don't know. I'd like to know. Also, doesn't it feel like a $500,000 tax-deductible, like, fine? Kind of interesting. Kyrie gets to write that baby off. This is what Kyrie's statement reads like. Also, probably not his statement. Probably a PR statement that he just signed off on. But we digress. Let's go. I oppose all forms of hatred and oppression and stand strong with the communities that are marginalized and impacted every day. I am aware of the negative impact of my post towards the Jewish community, and I take responsibility. I do not believe everything said in the documentary was true or reflects my morals and principles. I am a human being learning from all walks of life and I intend to do so with an open mind and a willingness to listen. So for my family and I, we meant no harm to one group, race, religion of people, and wish to only be a beacon of light and truth. What was true in that movie that he thought he was putting light on? No one asked him that. Wish they would. People hammered him for not unequivocally disavowing the propaganda film or anti-Semitism. And I mean Adam Silver, Jewish man himself. He has now set up a meeting with Kyrie next week. His opinion is summed up in a statement. He called Kyrie reckless. He's disappointed in Kyrie and that Kyrie has not offered an unqualified apology. He or denounced the vile and harmful content contained in the film he chose to publicize. Really quickly, very small tangent, because it was Jay Williams. Jay Williams said, I hate the people who are like the whataboutisms, giving us the whataboutisms. Like, well, what about Amazon? Why aren't we talking about Jeff Bezos? And why Amazon chose to put that movie on Amazon? Excuse me, bitch, do I cover Amazon? Do I cover movies and film and distribution platforms? Do I cover Disney Plus and HBO Max and fucking what the new movies are and critiquing them? Am I Roger and Ebert to you? No, I fucking cover basketball. That's why we're talking about Kyrie because he promoted a film 
in air quotes, that had anti-Semitic rhetoric. Do I give a shit about Amazon? Sure. But does it make it on this podcast? Fuck no. So why are you bringing that up, Jay Williams, to protect Kyrie Irving? I don't know, because you both went to Duke. I digress. Today, Kyrie Irving held a press conference and said a few things I thought was interesting. You have any anti-Semitic beliefs? Again, I'm going to repeat. I don't know how the label becomes justified because you guys ask me the same questions over and over again. But this is not going to turn into a spin-around cycle of questions upon questions. I told you guys how I felt. I respect all walks of life and embrace all walks of life. That's where I sit. I think what people want to hear, though, is just a yes or no on that question. Yes or no. I, I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. We need to probably discuss this in a second. We got one more quote, but remember what he just said. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. I'm not here to compare anyone's atrocities or tragic events that their families have dealt with generations of time. I'm just here to continue to expose things that our world continues to put in darkness. I'm a light. I'm a beacon of light. That's what I'm here to do. You guys ask me questions about basketball, I give you my expert opinion. You guys ask me about other things, I give you my opinion. And it's met with whatever you believe the perception or the deception is. You guys investigate my life every day. My question is this. He said, I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. I cannot be anti-Semitic if I know where I come from. And I am going to expose things that our world continues to put in darkness. You guys are smart people. What do you think Kyrie Irving's trying to say? Why can't Kyrie Irving be anti-Semitic if he knows where he comes from? Does Kyrie believe that he himself is a Semite? He is Semitic because of his ancestry? Because of his African ancestry? Because if he does, then that is exactly what the film is based about. About how... His ancestry is, are the original Semites, which has been criticized and widely dismissed by pretty much every historian that you can find. So there is nothing rooted in truth in that. I'm pretty sure, though, that's not gonna, this is not going to go away, is it? Is it? Because um, there was a rabbi on NBA Today today. Like, I, I did not know that that was where we were going. But that is where we are going. I found out Malika Andrews today is half Jewish. Didn't know that either. More you learn. More you learn. And it feels like Kyrie is going to continue to send these little subtle, shady digs, like little conspiracy theory nuggets, I will call them, sprinkling them like Kanye off his meds. But you know what? It is anyone's guess how this is going to end up with now Ime Udoka in the mix and Kevin Durant in the mix, and Kyrie Irving and his film study. Which means, I mean, and, and you you got to imagine, Ime's probably not going to put up with this bullshit. That's not going to happen. He called out Jason Tatum. He called out Marcus Smart. He called out all of them, Jalen Brown. Which means if you can do math or you can just 
put your little logic hat on, Kyrie's time in Brooklyn just might be on borrowed time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Did the Minnesota Timberwolves ruin which what was one of the most exciting young teams in the NBA? It feels like they have. Mm. It's time for some real talk in Minnesota. This team was fun last year. They were one of the top scoring teams in the NBA. They were long. They were athletic. They were monsters. And they were exciting. They had the best, like, best athletes, best offense, and now... What do we got? Have you seen any games? If you're a casual fan, have you watched? It's like watching paint dry out there. It's like watching the it's like watching the Utah Jazz from last year, honestly. It's like watching the Blazers with Terry Stotts as the coach and CJ McCollum and Evan Turner. That's what we're talking about there. It's ugly out here on these streets right now. And I've been curious. I asked Nick Nurse about it. How's it gonna work? How are they gonna play them? together how are teams going to defend them they went all in on Rudy we all know this is probably a deal that we'll never see again they paid more overpay they thought it was going to work the rationale was that it would strengthen what was a very paper-thin defense right very terrible terrible defense it allows Carl Anthony Towns to not get into foul trouble allows him to function uh, on the perimeter and be a monster on the boards on the weak side be a monster on offense and in theory that works because in my mind my brain, when it was explained to me, I was like, oh, that makes sense. But that is only in theory. Theories, when you put them out into the real world, you got to see whether they hold muster. And it really didn't take into account that this Wolves team is largely built for a very, very different offense than, uh, I don't know, two seven-footers, dribble handoff, dribble handoff, dribble handoff that they're currently running in Minnesota with a guy who isn't really a point guard. He's a two-guard masquerading as a one, a.k.a. D'Lo. And again, that was uh, Carl Anthony Towns' best friend, so that's why he's around. Let's say things aren't going according to plan from what uh, Tim Connolly wanted to do. We're closing in on 10 games into the season, and the sample size is producing some concerning results. Let's just say that. The Wolves played the San Antonio Spurs, which is a team that we know and we've talked about is actively tanking for Victor Wambanyama right? This team is not going no fucking place. And somehow th- they have lost twice of three times 
How the hell do they play three times? And they are losing in a variety of very ugly ways. I saw them looking very horrible against the Utah Jazz, who Rudy Gobert was traded from, a team that looks very spicy and exciting now that he is no longer on set team. But it was really a couple of nights ago that this caught my full attention. Got home, sat at the crib, watched the disgusting offense and defense that is the Minnesota Timberwolves against the Phoenix Suns. The easiest bet I've ever made in my life was Suns money line against the Wolves. They rolled into the into Phoenix, and they were three-and-a-half-point dogs because there was what? No DeAndre Ayton. And on paper, you got to like your odds. You got two seven-footers, and who do they got? Jock Landale. Jock Landale. I would hit up my uh, coworker to ask where Jock Landale went to school because I can already hear him thinking about it and telling me about where he went to school. And Bismack Biombo. Instead... The, the Phoenix Suns ran the Wolves off the court. It was so gross. On offense, the Wolves starting five ran one dribble handoff after another, then one-on-one basketball around the perimeter. Just, you get the ball, you get the ball. Just no cutting, no weaving, and then a turnover or a chuck or a shot clock violation. It was one of the nastiest offenses I've ever seen in my life. And, of course, it didn't work. <laughs> I think that... That shitty offense is going to work? No. And Phoenix is one of the best defensive perimeter teams in the league. They sussed that out, snuffed it out so fast, and it was so gross. No creativity. No flow until what happened? You already know what happened. Until Rudy Gobert went off the floor. Rudy was off the floor. Things started to move better. Suns, though, then attacked Carl Anthony Towns for the defensive sieve that he is. In the middle, baked him and the Timberwolves like their name was rotisserie chicken. I don't really know if that's quite baking. It's more rotisserieing. They rotisseried them like rotisserie chicken. Only their bench had success. When the second team was in against Phoenix, they actually cut the lead to two. Shocking. Starters returned. Night, night, sleep mask for y'all. Lead explodes in balloons again. Earlier against the Spurs, the bench, again, cuts a massive lead uh, against San Antonio down to a few points. Then Rudy and the starters come in, murdered. It's murder. And that is the issue. Rudy. Rudy is the issue. Carl is the issue, and Rudy is the issue. But them together, horrible. Horrible. And I think Rudy could bring something to some team. Like, I don't think he's, like, completely unusable. But is he usable for the Timberwolves? I don't know yet. I am not sure. I am reserving judgment. I am saying, though, let's keep our eye on it very closely. I don't think my uh, Minnesota has any idea how to use him at the same time that they're using Carl Anthony Towns. They're trying to balance two seven-footers with different games, different styles, and they're trying to make it mesh with, I don't know, a six-foot-six guard who wants to operate like Michael Jordan. And he has no fucking space. That's where we're going from here. Anthony Edwards, who took a massive leap forward to MVP-type stardom last year. How do we know that there's an issue with him? How do we know there's an issue with his team? He has zero dunks on the year, folks. None. Almost 10 games in, he has not one zilch of a dunk. He was asked about it. What do you think he did? Gave us, the, gave us the PR answer? No. He's a treasure. Of course he told us the truth. He says, everybody's in the paint. I'm only 6'4", 6'5". 
by the way, Ant, you're 6'6", you know that. I can't jump over everybody, man. I ain't as tall as Giannis. Everybody be asking me to dunk the ball like it's all peaches and cream. I've got to get a good lane to dunk the ball. Yes, a.k.a., according to Ant, according to anybody with two eyes, the spacing's fucked up. Ant can't get his. Rudy clogs up the mid- middle. Ant can't cook. He has to take mid-range shots. Mid-range shots, one of the least efficient, one of the most difficult shots to make in this league, one of the least valuable. He doesn't heat up because he's not getting easy buckets, not going to the line. In the playoff series against Memphis, Ant Edwards went to the line on average six times. This year, four times. He's only had six free throws once this year. If you want to know how confused Ant is about this, he's pretty confused. Let's Let's show you his post-game presser after the Wolves got just absolutely demolished by the Suns. He's telling me that when we're in the game, we're losing, and when they're in the game, we got a better chance of winning. So I don't like the sound of that, so we're going to figure it out. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy, bro. We all in the minus, and y'all all positive. Yeah. All of the starters are negative for the game. All of the bench players are positive. Yeah, that is fucking crazy. It is because everybody was not expecting that. So there's a problem. There's a little problem, little baby, two baby seven-footer problems, and they have become big issues because if Ant Edwards, one of the most happy-go-lucky players, isn't happy, the team's future is murky. And there is no way Ant wants four years of nothing but 15-footers. No shot. Just, just three-point chucks and 15-footers. How do you fix it? I mean, number one, either D'Anthony, D'Anthony, either D'Angelo Russell needs to turn into a real point guard or he needs to go, pretty much. He either needs to turn into Tyus Jones or they need to get Tyus Jones, pretty much. There's just not enough thought giving to putting Anthony Edwards in the place where he succeeds, and he should be put in the positions to succeed at all times. And that falls on not just D'Lo, but also Chris Finch. Let's be honest. Do we feel like maybe a more creative coach could make this thing work? Do we feel like maybe Nick Nurse could make this work? And that's no shade because Chris Finch and Nick Nurse are friends and they've coached together and they have worked together as pros. But this offense is stagnant. You should probably pass the ball more. You should probably cut without the ball more. You should probably, I don't know, put some more fast athletic players out there and that want to try. This could be also a huge mistake, honestly. We could look back and say, this was maybe the greatest trade blunder of all time, given how much they gave up, how much they're probably never going to give up again for a player of this caliber. And the bummer is that one of the most exciting teams in the NBA last year is going to have to be boring to succeed. I don't want that. Do you want that? Rudy Gobert fucking sucks. Honestly, like, he ruins everything. He ruined Donovan Mitchell. He ruined basketball when he shut the league down due to COVID and his mouth all over the microphone. And now he's ruining our Minnesota Timberwolves being the darling of the NBA, the upstart team. A-Rod must be pissed. Fuck that guy, he's probably saying. Next to the Grizzlies, this was probably the most fun team in the league. Now, boring. Half-court offense. That might get you 50 wins and a... I don't know, first first round exit. At best. At worst, this team's a lottery team. Mm. I hate to say it. The last two days, everybody's seeing it. Everybody's talking about it. People are starting to come around. Charles Barkley said that starting two seven-footers can't work in the modern NBA. It makes it too hard to guard the three. And, you know, it's a three-point driven league. Teams who the Wolves have to beat out 
They all shoot a lot of threes. Mavs, Suns, Warriors, Clippers. Shoot a million, million a game. 60, 65 a game. Finally, even Chris Finch knows. Ooh, butt's starting to get a little warm, huh? He said, uh, KFAN, the local sports station, there really hasn't been a whole lot of growth with our unit yet. We haven't been able to find or sustain when we do find a consistent rhythm on our offense. Offensively, we're behind where I thought we would be. I thought we'd be a little further ahead. And when I started looking at it, we dropped the big stone in a puddle, and we've got some big ripples right now. The big stone is Rudy Gobert, isn't he? He is. We need to keep working on it and figuring out some new concepts that are probably going to put our players in slightly better positions than we have been putting them in. I have a thought. Why not bring Rudy Gobert off the bench? I don't know. Bring him in for defense. Sounds like a guy who traded in a vintage Porsche for this new model only to find out that it's a Honda and a body kit. It's not a Porsche at all. It's actually just a body kit. The Wolves now are playing awful. Gross basketball. Tough to watch. But from a betting perspective, automatic money. Just fade them. Just fade them all year long. How long is it going to take to figure it out? I hope 60 games. I hope 82 games. Because I want to make money this season. But if you're a Timberwolf fan, you've got to say, man, things unravel before they even got going. At what point do you say, maybe someone's got to go? What point do you say Harden went a year into his tenure in Brooklyn? Maybe we should probably let Rudy go, or maybe we should let Cat go. Someone's got to go. At that point, who goes? Remember, like I said, the Nets gave up a ton for Harden, and he too was gone in a little over a year. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Some injury news. Alert, alert. Wee-oo, wee-oo. First major injury in the NBA season right now, right now. Folks, it's Tyrese Maxey season now. Dude had 44 against the Raptors on 9 for from 12 from 3 because why? Harden is now out for one month at the very least. Suffering a right foot tendon strain. Oof. If you look at the next nine games, they play currently seven playoff teams, and I know a couple of these are going to sound sketch. Hawks twice, Suns, Jazz, who knew? Bucks, Timberwolves, we'll see. Nets, we'll see. Along with the Hornets and Knicks, by the time Harden gets back, the Sixers could be five or more games under 500. Let's be honest. And if they are, we're left with this question. At what point do the Sixers cut bait with Doc Rivers? They're four and five right now. They lost their second best score. Say you go three and six in your next nine games. That puts you at seven and 11. Holy Pelicans. Who knows? Maury might get D'Antoni. He loves D'Antoni. 
He's always wanted D'Antoni. The timing could not be worse for the Sixers. Timing could not be worse for Doc Rivers, for Glenn Rivers. And it sucks because Harden came into the season fully healthy, and now he is not healthy anymore. And we know what he does when he's not healthy. We know what he does. He eats. He eats, baby. We'll see if Slim Harden comes back from injury. We all eat when we're injured. That's all, that's all we can do is just eat our feelings. Just sit there on the couch and watch conspiracy films and eat ice cream. Maybe Kyrie's got some movie recommendations for James. We know how much they like each other. The longer he's gone, though, the less likely Doc finishes the season. Oh, more news, more news, and another alert. This just broke minutes before we started recording. According to ESPN, Miles Bridges pled no contest to felony domestic charges in L.A. He was not given jail time, but instead three years of probation. The report further said that this deal was signed off by the woman that he accused of battering, who's the mother of his child, and this deal expunges the child abuse felony that he was accused of. Oh, Michael Jordan, you rascal. In exchange for dropping the serious charges, he will undergo 52 weeks of domestic violence counseling 52 weeks of parenting classes, and serve 100 hours of community service. I have thoughts. Uh, What Miles Bridges was charged with is heinous. It's horrible. He should be punished. He should be punished harshly. The fact that his ex-wife signed off on the deal, I think, is probably important. I think it's critical for victims to be involved in this sentencing. I know that from what I understand, people around him have made comments about those two fueling one another and fighting all the way back to when he was at Michigan State. Uh, his future, he might actually have one. He pled no contest. Now the NBA reserves the right to find, dismiss, and disqualify him from the league. We're going to have to see what that's going to happen. We probably won't see Bridges anytime soon in an NBA uniform. But this deal does open up the door that he plays again. The best way that he could probably repay his ex-wife and the kids is to make money. Be the best dad that he can. Provide a life. You're not going to have... If you're, a, if you're an ex-wife with a son, the worst thing you can do for your son is put her husband in jail for the next 10 years and now take away uh, the ability for the son to be raised by his father. I think it's going to be a lot easier for him to do that if he gets back to playing. Uh, Sacramento Kings getting fucked. As per usual. Tyler Hero hit a game winner. And it was a travel. It was just, he had his bags packed. He had his suitcase. He had his little Toomey bag rolling around. He was ready for a trip, boy. He lifted his pivot foot on a pump fake before the winning shot. And after the game, Mike Brown went ballistic. He said, yeah, we got a lot of respect for the Miami Heat, Spo, everything they've done. Tyler Hero's a great player, but he traveled. Yeah. I don't know if that's ballistic. I mean, it's just fact. He traveled on that last play. I would not be doing my job if I didn't come up here and protect my guys. My guys fought their behinds off for close to 48 minutes. And to see Tyler Hero pump fake, then sidestep, and then hop, and then one, two, and then a shot, and then that not be called, that is just unbelievable. And that's true. Travel calls need to get called. Blatantly obvious. And sure enough, James Ham, last two minutes report, confirms Tyler Hero did travel on his game-winning three-pointer. Man, Kings just can't get any breaks. They can't. 
They can't get any breaks. It sucks for Sacramento. They should have won this game. And it just happens to them. Wins are hard enough anywhere. It's even harder for Sacramento. It's even even harder, harder without De'Aaron Fox and against the Miami Heat. Rough on the streets for us Kings fans. According to Shams, the league has fined the Oklahoma City Thunder $25,000. This is very important, by the way. $25,000 for not disclosing the, abil- the availability of Josh Giddy in an accurate and timely manner on November 1st against the Magic. To that I say, it's about fucking time. Come on, NBA. I am tired of scouring this NBA injury report, which is updated every hour on the hour and on the half an hour, 7.30, 8.30, 9.30, and I check, and I refresh, and I look, and I see, and if I see out, that means he's out. And that is what I saw. I saw Josh Giddy out. I saw Shea Gilgis-Alexander out. And then OKC, with their little juking and jiving, they're putting players in that said they were out. Gamesmanship? For what? You guys are tanking. What the fuck? Nobody does this more than OKC. And you know who loses money? Me, obviously. According to these fuckers, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is out for about half their games. Only, somehow, to be in the starting lineup and putting up 35, 12, and 10 and destroy my bet. My Lou Dort assist prop, my Giddy prop, just so many players. Trey Mann, all of them. The problem, though, is the fine should be a million dollars, at least. You want to fuck around with the injury report? You need to pay out our bets, then. Have BetMGM come after you. Have FanDuel come after you. Have DraftKings come after you. You need to refund our money. That will keep their injury reports honest. A million dollars for every, every player in every game. How about that? A million dollars for every player you say is out that is not out for every game. It's hard enough to win a bet. Again, I'm like the Sacramento Kings right now of NBA betting. Hard to get a win right now. Pelicans lost to the Lakers last night. I didn't even mention that. What was that? Who? Who is that guy? What is his name again? I put it on my... Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan plays football. Matt Ryan took him to overtime. The Lakers got a win against the New Orleans Pelicans. That is bullshit. That is bullshit. All right, finally, 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 actually, finally. We interviewed Travis Thomas. I got the chance to. He's a reporter for Nesson. In Boston, so it's important. You know I had to get the tea on Ime Udoka. He gave some fascinating insight into what they believe and what they feel about Ime Udoka basically walking out the door from Boston for nothing. Give it a listen. Travis, I got to ask you about the real, real, like, just you know what a time it is. Ime Udoka now looking like he is going to be the new head coach of the Brooklyn Nets and we're getting whispers about how much due diligence the Nets did. What are you hearing while you're in Boston about this? Is this a good thing for the Celtics? Is this one of those scenarios where letting him go is, you know, just like a relief? Or do you feel like the Celtics should try to get something for him? Like, just kind of what is the general, like, vibe there, and what is your take? It's been a lot of confusion from the beginning. I mean, you know, I could tell you guys offline what I heard happen. But certainly, it's not on the record. No one ever came out and confirmed it. You know, I will say this. It's one of those situations where he got suspended for the year, 
And everyone kind of thought, okay, that's a little weird because if he did something bad enough to get suspended for a year and it's that egregious and everyone's using these words at press conferences, you know, like it's the worst thing ever, then why didn't you just fire the dude? And so at the time, all of us in the media here thought, okay, well, you're not firing him because you don't want him to go next door, so to speak, and take a gig and beat you because we all know he can coach. Well, now, I mean, allegedly, he's just going to the net for nothing. No compensation, no problem. He's free to go. So then why didn't you fire the guy from the beginning? From what I've been told, you know, it was not, let's just say he didn't break any laws. There was some cheating involved from what I was told. And so, I mean, if that's the case, then what are you going to do? But I look at it as this. If you suspend him for the year, you have his rights, okay? So you are going to have to, as a Brooklyn Nets, especially as my rival, especially as a team with that much talent that could beat me in the playoffs, you got to give me some compensation. No way they can beat the Celtics in the playoffs. No chance. Uh... Look. We bet for a living. I will I... never, ever say there's no chance. I'm, I'm going to keep it real with you, right? To me, I don't want to sit here and defend this guy. Let's make that clear. Because, again, right. we, none of us really know what happened. And if you did something bad enough to get suspended for a year, really you should have just got fired to begin with in my book. So I'm certainly not going to sit up here and wave the pom-poms for this guy. But I will say this. From a coaching standpoint, when you look at what the Nets need, he provides that. Right. He has a big enough presence to reel in all those egos. Kyrie is an absolute moron. So if anyone can reach this guy and get him to shut up and just play ball, it would be Ime Adoka. They need defense. They need X's and O's. These are all the things that Steve Nash could not provide, but all the things from a coaching standpoint that Adoka can. Just really quickly, though, in terms of the news breaking that he's about to get hired, is that shocking to Boston media as it is to national media? You know, I hesitate. I've only been here six months, and I'm already hesitating to use the word shocking because here it's more like outrage and confusion. Mm. Outrage from the business sense of, okay, so this guy's just going to go to the net and you're just going to let him go? I mean, we're not going to get anything back? Okay, so you're getting the outrage there. And then, you know, look, I mean, no one knows anything. So the confusion's like, well, if you suspend him for the year and then he could just go to the Nets, what the hell really happened? Let's stop with all the nonsense of all where you're keeping it in, in-house. My ass. I mean, you did a press conference and pretty much slandered the guy. Marcus Smart came out today and had some pretty strong statements about it, saying, you know, we dragged this guy through the mud. We ran him out of town practically, and now he goes to the Nets? I I mean, what are we doing? So I think here, you know, I'm not going to say shocked. I think people seem to be ticked off and kind of confused. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We will be back Monday. You will get the episode Tuesday. Also Monday Night Live with an all-new episode. Please check out the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes. They drop every day, and follow us on the Heat Check as we get you ready and willing and interested in the season as it's rolling downhill. Please do not forget to download. Please do not forget to subscribe. Tell your friends and follow us on social at This Heat Check and Trista Crick on TikTok.